Good news. You may be seated. So thankful for His grace. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. We're winding down in our study of Ecclesiastes. We'll look at verses 2 through 8 this week and finish it off next week. Just so you know what to expect, after that we will do a, uh, what I would call a short series on worship. Uh, we've uh, recently studied through the, the um, content and broken it down into lessons of the new uh, documentary called um, Spirit and Truth. And uh, that seems like something we need to go through in a series. So we want everyone to be able to hear that content. So we'll talk about worship for uh, four or so weeks. And then the following on that, uh, we're, we're looking the next book to study through being Romans. So I'm very excited about that. I've always wanted to preach through Romans. I'm not getting any younger, so if I'm going to finish it by the time I'm done, I better start it. So um, that's the plan anyway. But we're, we're in Ecclesiastes this morning. We looked at uh, verses 7 through 12.1. 11, 7 through 12, 1. Last week we spoke to everyone, but a focus kind of on the youth. This week we'll speak to everyone and focus kind of on the older. So everybody's getting their turn as we wrap up this study. But I'm going to read for you from verses 1 to 8 of chapter 12. And this is God's Word. Pay attention. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent, and the grinders cease because they are few, and those who look through the windows are dimmed, and the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low. And one rises at the sound, up at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped or the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel is broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. Thus far God's word. Let's pray together. Lord, open our hearts to your truth. Help me to preach your word. Work through me. Help me to get out of the way. Lord, send forth your word and accomplish your purpose. So empower me to preach it. Work in our hearts to hear it as the word of God. To love it. To live in its light. To be sanctified by it. To grow by it. To live by it indeed. May it be a light to our paths. So be at work through the preaching of your word. Empower the preaching and the hearing. Accomplish 
all that you intend to accomplish. We trust you for that. Bless us, Lord, as we look into your truth. In Jesus' holy name, amen. I had a friend who was a big baseball player back in high school. He could throw that speed ball by you, make you look like a fool boy. Saw him the other night at this roadside bar. I was walking in, he was walking out. We went back inside and sat down, had a few drinks. But all that he kept talking about was glory days. Well, they'll pass you by. Glory days. In the wink of a young girl's eye. Glory days. Glory days. Mr. Bruce Springsteen. Glory days, 1984. Glory days. Golden years. Seem to be kind of used as brackets, the way the world at least looks at things. Most grow older and look back to what they call the glory days. They look back with a lot of nostalgia. Maybe it's that time of going through high school and playing sports and you name it. But for the Christian, our glory days are ahead. Everything now in the days in which we live are under the control of our loving Father who is working all things together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Even our getting older. See, we've been studying through the book of Ecclesiastes and I've said over and over and over that Solomon is grabbing us by the shoulder and shaking us. He's trying to get a message through to us. And it's not that everything's meaningless and that everything's futile. It's not this pessimistic outlook. It's a real outlook. He's very real about what life looks like in a fallen world with its death and dying and sickness and injustice and all of the things that you see in a fallen world. Under the sun, things are terrible. It looks just like it would look if God's Word is true. A fallen world embracing fallenness, rejecting God, trying to do what's right in their own eyes. And He's constantly telling us, under the sun, in this world that you experience with your senses, nothing is here sufficient to sustain your joy. Nothing is here to sustain your purpose. Nothing here that you can anchor in. It's here and then it's gone. And there's nothing you can do about that. And you will live a rather hopeless existence or, or a whistling through the graveyard existence unless you look above the sun to the God who has created it all, sustains it all, who is working out His plan of redemption in the midst of His all and is bringing it to a conclusion. We talked about that word vanity or hevel, which, which means breath, just a puff. Temporary, transient, not staying, not lasting. It can't be your home or satisfy your longings. So look up to God where you can find joy and satisfaction and peace and purpose, both for this life 
and the life to come. And we're, we're wrapping down toward, you know, we're wrapping down toward his conclusion and we can see what he's been pushing us towards. We can see that he hasn't just been throwing up his hands and talking about everything is futile and useless and why bother? Because his conclusion at the end of verse 12 is the end of the matter has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments. So we know that's where we're going. And we just talked about the youth and the youth taking God seriously, living in light of who He is and what He's commanded in light of Christ and His grace. And now we've come around to deal with uh, aging. With aging today from verses 2 to 8. I entitled it, uh, Embracing the Bummers and the Blessings of Aging. How can we embrace the hardships and the joys? Both and find joy in the midst of them. We're first going to look at the sobering realities of getting older. And it is sobering. <laughs> it really is. Then we'll seek to place these realities in the context of the gospel, of God's word, of God's promises. And hopefully we can come away with a mental reset. Our glory days are ahead of us. And the older we are, the closer they are to our entering into them. But even then, God is with us every day that we walk through this life. If we know Him, making us more like Christ and using us for His glory. So the, the, the reset I hope to accomplish today, you know, we won't go through every little detail like we would if we were in a Sunday school class, but there's a, there's a picture here that needs to be uh, considered, embraced, and set in the context of God's grace to us in Christ. So my main point is because Christ is our life, we can embrace with joy both the bummers and the blessings of growing older in the Lord. This is a message that's primarily to believers, obviously. Not that there's nothing here for you if you're not a believer. The gospel will be here. But those of us who are in Christ, and because Christ is our life, we can walk with joy. We can anticipate with joy. We can walk with purpose, meaning, through trials and struggles as well as joys and comforts because Christ is our life. But look at, we're going to look at the text and then we'll set it in light of the bigger picture of the gospel and the word and uh, we'll be done in about three days. No, it won't take long. But first, the, embrace the bummers of growing older, the hardships, the things you wouldn't choose, the things that disappoint. Right? There's a lot here that if we were just given the choice, we wouldn't go through. But for some of us, it is God's will for us to go through. Yes, some do die young. But there's a reality about growing old. There's a reality of this creation growing old and the coming of Christ and all of that. But I think his primary message, you can see where he ends up. You see where he's coming from, contrasting with the youth going to a place here uh, and shows us uh, about death here at the end that he's contrasting. He's mainly talking about here in this section, the aged or the aging and the, what, we, what that looks like. What growing old under the sun looks like and the burdens of growing old in this world. And these touch everyone to some degree. Not all of our experience is the same. And like I said, there are many fanciful interpretations of this passage as well as a lot of the others. But it seems clear to me that Solomon is dealing with a, a contrast of young, young to old and that here we have a picture of old age. So we're going to look at verses 2 to 7. 
This is a set of images. We have a set of images placed before us here. And these images or these pictures have a message. And the message is this, that um, the physical decline of old age. Look at verse 2. Again, if we've seen the youth are to remember the Creator in the days of their youth, and we're to, we talked about last week, all of us are to remember our Creator, to love, trust, and obey Him. Before the evil days come uh, and draw near, which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Okay, and he's expanding upon that now in verse 2. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. It doesn't stay sunny. It's, there's more gloom that that comes in. So he's being real with us about what it looks like to grow old. And this seems to portray the growing dimness of the eyes and the inability to stop the advance of aging in this section. Listen, you can make things look better sometimes, but no cream, no surgery, no pill, no anything in this life will stop the advance of aging. We should all try to look our best, and there's, there's a time to stop that when, you know, surgery goes too far and people start looking very strange. <laughs> As the older we grow, there will be peaks of sunshine, but the, the clouds of aging, they're still closing in. You can see in this passage, we can look forward to a renewal of sunshine forever in the new heavens and the new earth. But in this day, the longer we live by God's grace, and I'm speaking in general, the more of this kind of deterioration we will experience. So, you know, looking, the eyes grow dim. You'll see things like that. The sun is still the sun. The moon is still the moon. But as our eyes grow dim, we, we can see that light, or we see that light more dimly. Uh, things like macular degeneration and glaucoma and all these kind of things happen um, as we get older. And therefore, the, the light is still there, but we, we see it less, the growing dimness of the eyes. Some of us, some are blessed to retain their eyesight into a very old age. Some have had to wear very thick glasses from a very young age. So there's, there's a mix here. But in general, the older we get, the more we need help. And thankful that we live in a day that we have help. I didn't wear glasses until I was 41 years old. And I was convinced at that point it was just too dark in the church for me to see. Until I went to the eye doctor and he said, welcome to your 40s. Here's your prescription. You need glasses. So experiencing a little bit of that, you know, in every year. Well, that's an optimistic statement. I probably don't go to the eye doctor every year. But regularly we, we need to go to the eye doctor and, and get those prescriptions adjusted so that we can see better. But here we see to have a growing dimness of the eyes. Look at verse 3. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because there are few and those who look through the windows are dim. And there's some repetition here, obviously, that we can see. But the keepers of the house experience increasing weakness. Again, probably hands and arms Right? Our hands and arms experience increasing weakness. Um, the strong men are the legs probably in the feet that, and, and the body bows over. The supporting pillars are weaker and weaker. 
How about the grinders? <laughs> it's pretty simple to see what that is, right? The teeth. The teeth. He says, the grinders cease because they are few. <laughs> I mean, we live in a day when those can be replaced, right? And that's a good thing. That's a blessing. But as we age, naturally, we tend to, you know, things break. Things grow old. Things need to be taken out, replaced. On we go. But it's, it's, Look at this picture. You know, the eyes are growing dimmer. The arms are growing weaker. The, the beginning to bend over. The legs are all weaker. The teeth are falling out. And the eyes are dimming. Those who look through the windows are dim. Look at verse 4. And the doors of the street are shut when the sound of the grinding is low. And there's a discussion on this. It's talking about the mouth being shut and not having many teeth and all of this. Um, but the doors are probably the ears. They can't hear the sound of the grinding so it, as well, so it's low. Um, as we age, it says this, rises at the sound of a bird, and all the daughters of song are brought low. So easily, there's increased agitation and loss of sleep many times the older you get. And it, it, you're more quickly uh, uh, to wake up. Anybody ever, well, everybody has. I'm generally speaking, I'm speaking in general, but sometimes waking up a teenager can be a real challenge without a bucket of water. But as you get older, it, it just doesn't take much to, to stir you, to wake you up, to interrupt your sleep. So there's agi increasing agitation. There's a loss of sleep. Um, interesting story, the sound of a bird... Uh, even young people can struggle with the sound of a bird sometimes. We went camping with some friends uh, down in Myrtle Beach one, one year, and we slept pretty good, but our friend didn't sleep very well at all because there was a bird that lit on a tree right outside their tent. And every time she would almost fall asleep, pew, it had just this real high-pitched sound. I'm like, well, why don't you go shake the tree and run the bird off? But the birds are increasing. That sound is louder. It, and the daughters of the song are brought low. They're more easily agitated. They are afraid of what is high and terrors are in the way, verse 5. The almond tree blossom, the grass pop, grass popper? grasshopper drags itself along. Desire falls because man is going to his eternal home. Afraid, weakness, and increasing fear. We're more vulnerable the older we get. So there can be increasing fear. The almond tree blossoms. This is an interesting picture. You know, an almond tree, as it blossoms and, and matures, the blossom goes from a pinkish color to a white color. And it kind of pictures us as we're young and we have a certain color hair that moves us all to the same color hair. A gray a white hair. So it's using that almond blossom as a picture of the graying of the hair. And the grasshopper dragging itself along obviously is a picture of loss of mobility. Desire fails. Decline of sexual potency. All of these are happening. You see these pictures of deterioration. I mean, you can see it in your loved ones around you. And I told you young people last week that it's coming for you quick. It goes by fast. You young, you think it's going to take a long time and you blink three times and it's like, 
wow, what am I looking at in the mirror? It happens fast. You, you, your hearing starts to go and your teeth starts to fall out and your hair is turning gray and things are wrinkling up. And this is a natural, I say a natural process. Not really because sin comes in because of death and there would be no aging without sin. But it is the process that we all walk through in a fallen world. We go from remembering hopefully our Creator in the days of our youth to knowing that these what it calls evil days will come to this process, this trial of aging. And then it comes and it comes to this end. It says this, all of this is happening in verse 5 at the second part because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about in the streets. And in that day, they would hire mourners and all this, all this would happen. There's a big commotion. But all this is happening is, we're, these are all just sort of experiential and visible reminders of the truth of Scripture. That we all die. We all grow old. If God graces us to live to get old, we all grow old and we all die. Getting old is not for sissies. But it is for Christians, it is for everyone, but there's a way to grow old without being bitter. You can see why the world looks to youth as the glory days. Because you wouldn't certain. Why do they call older age the golden years? I can't figure that out. Other than that's just what people call it. But maybe they have more gold when they're older, huh? But growing old is not for sissies. And then death. Death in verse 6. This is the inescapable reality. And these are just pictures of, picturesque ways of describing the finality of things. Where he goes, the silver cord is snapped. The golden bowl is broken. The pitcher is shattered. The wheel is broken at the cistern. Images that signify the approach of death. The end of mortal life here. And then it says this in verse 7, And the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit returns to God. Dust to dust. You've heard that before, right? Genesis 3.19, In the expression of the curse on, for the, the fall and disobedience, in the fall by Adam and Eve, it says this in Genesis 3.19, By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, and for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Death and aging is a part of the curse, is a part of result of sin. Death entered through sin, and therefore all die. Hebrews 9.27, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, after that comes the judgment. That's where Solomon is taking us. That's what he's reminding us of. He's talking about death before. He gives us this picture of aging. It ends in death. And then he says, he repeats his kind of theme in verse 8. Vanity of vanity, says the preacher, all is vanity. It's all a breath. It's all a puff. It's here and it's gone. It'll happen to all of us if the Lord tarries. However many days He's given us, we will live those out. And if He's graced us to live till we're old, we will experience a lot of these things that result from growing older. 
Man longs to live forever, but finds himself mortal, and he dies. So as we grow older, our hair will gray or maybe fall out. Our skin wrinkles, our vision and hearing fades, our muscle mass decreases, our mobility diminishes, we get arthritis and heart disease and our arteries harden and our bones get brittle and our brain sputters and shrinks. Now go and be encouraged and die. (laughs) I'll see you next week. This is a gloomy picture of old age, but no, this is not the end of the story, praise God. Did He leave all mankind in a state of sin and misery? No, yeah, this is the common misery of life. But there's an answer. Remember, verse 12, remember your Creator. Remember your Redeemer. Remember your Savior. But for those who don't remember their Creator, who don't take serious their Creator, who don't repent of their sins and trust in their Creator, in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, this is the picture. This is what it all, how it ends. Mortal life shall cease. Suffering and death and then the judgment is what you have to look forward to. Unless. Unless you're living above the sun. Look at point two. Embrace the blessings of growing older. Growing older above the sun. Growing older in the promises of God's Word. Growing under older in the blessings that hide in the dark sometimes, in the clouds of aging. Many blessings come through trial, through hardship, through cloud, cloudy skies or stormy skies. There are many blessings hidden there. See, The way we can have joy and even face these things if we have to walk through them is to look above the sun, is to look to Christ, is to look to Him and be saved so that we experience the benefits of His redemption, one of which is an abiding joy. See, the promises I'm going to show you that will help you embrace the blessings of growing older are promises in His Word. They're promises in just a few of them, not all of them that are to those who are in Christ. And and so as I transition, I ask you this morning, are you in Christ? What do you mean, preacher? Well, have you come to the place in your life? Has God showed you from His Word? Has He brought you under conviction of sin? What do I mean? It's various depths with different people. Have you seen that you have broken His law, that you have sinned against Him, that you deserve His condemnation? Has He convicted you of your sins such that you have turned and trusted in Jesus and Jesus alone for your salvation? You know, the story of Christ is He came to live under His own law to fulfill all righteousness because we have broken it and deserve condemnation. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. All of His people who were given to His Father before the foundation of the world. He was satisfying justice for us on that cross. So that he could say before he left the cross, it is finished. He took the physical suffering, yes. But he took the wrath of God upon himself. That was due 
our sin so that we could be saved. Christ died, Paul says, for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried and He was raised the third day according to the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven. He's reigning now. He's coming again someday. Kids, you know this verse. For God so loved the world. This is how He loved the world. That He gave His only begotten Son to live, die, be buried, be raised again from the grave so that we might believe in Him so that those who believe in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Are you trusting in Jesus and Jesus alone this morning? then His promises are for you. And that you can find purpose and joy by looking above the sun to Him. And this is just a few of those promises. But He promises it, that if you believe in Him, you have eternal life. You have To have salvation is to have eternal life. See, man is born yearning to live forever. The way to that is through Christ. Jesus Himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through Me. So that as we trust in Him, we have salvation. Have you lived long enough to hear the gospel? Well, yeah, you have this morning. Has the Spirit applied that to your heart so that you've turned and trusted in Jesus and Jesus alone for your salvation? God did that. If that's true of you, you have eternal life. This is not your home. It, it matters, but it doesn't matter as much that this is all temporary because you have an eternal home and an eternal hope to which you look. And so now you invest yourself in that and you can walk through these trials with joy. See, life's not ending for us. It's transitioning. Yes, we may walk through many of the trials of aging, but it's not the end for us. Because Christ is your life, you will live in, through, and out of that reality into an eternal reality of blessing forever with your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So are you trusting Him? If so, you have salvation and you have eternal life, young people as well as old, and everything in between. Are you trusting in Christ? But if you are aged, if you are experiencing some of these things that we see in this text, you are not less valuable. In fact, you are to be honored. You have salvation. You are God's child. You are a co-heir with Christ. Christ is in you. You are not less valued. You are to be honored and cared for as you need it. You have been and are from God first, and then through God, through your brothers and sisters in Christ, and through your family. You're to be honored and cared for. Leviticus 19.32 says this, You shall stand up before the, before the gray head. It's an interesting way to say that, isn't it? You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. God takes it serious that the younger are to honor, respect the older. You are to honor and respect your elders and speak to them and treat them in that kind of way. Young people, is that characteristic of you? You're to honor and respect your elders when you agree with them. You're to honor and respect your elders when you disagree with them. God says they are to be honored and held in high esteem and cared for. 
families, and y'all do a great job of this, and there's many examples of that. The, you know, the, our parents raise us up and take care of us and pour into us and, and hopefully do that well. Now, not all parents do, and there's trials that go along with that. So that when we grow up, our parents are naturally growing older, and it gets to a place where that relationship gets flipped. And then we should take care of them as they need it. Neither should take advantage of that, but it's just a reality that should be. But God says the gray head is honored. He says gray hair is splendid. He says in general that it's the righteous who live to be very old. Not everything, but we should honor those who are older. We should respect those who are older. We should be willing to listen to those who are older and who know the Lord and have walked with Him. But you, you're old and maybe you feel... Like a second-class citizen, I'm here to tell you this morning, you're not. But you're, you're valuable. You're to be honored and cared for. You are by the Lord. Your life is meaningful. Valuable. A blessing to us. He loves and cares for you. We will love and care for you if we're following Him. See, the promise of the gospel extends to everyone, and this week applying it specifically to those who are going through some of these trials of aging as they walk through, to be reminded of what Christ has done for you, of who you are in the Lord. And number three, the fact that you're still useful. We don't retire from following Jesus. Now, the life looks different in different phases. And some of us may have to retire from a job that we're in. There may, there's some, some jobs have an end age. You get to this age, you're done. But you can find something else to do. But you never retire from following the Lord. Listen to me, you're still useful. Think about this. How old was Moses when he led the children out of the land of Egypt? Eighty. Eighty. How old was Abraham when he had covenant seed? A hundred. Now, that was a miracle. <laughs> not, not very many Strom Thurmonds walking around. Who, I, he was in his 90s the last time he fought. Anyway, not that he's any sort of shining example. But Moses and Abraham and many others in the Bible experienced the greatest things of their life when they were old. Forget about the over-the-hill stuff. We're, we're all walking up. To, you know, we're going to, to glory. You're useful to God. Your prayers are useful to God. Your service is useful to God. And His church. We need you. You are valued. There's no age where we stop valuing you. Culturally, it can be that way. And some people do. When their parents become a burden, they just ship them off to a home or, or, or write them off or whatever. And there are hard things that happen sometimes and people make choices they don't want to make or that they have to make. But in general, we should be caring for them the way they cared for us. And you should be knowing that you are useful to God's church. Just as useful as any of the rest of us are. You might not be able to do some things that some other people can do. But listen, don't bail out on the church. Don't bail out on God because you're getting older. In some ways, you're more useful when you're older. 
You're not young and dumb anymore. Now, some are old and dumb, and I, I, every, there's all ages of dumb. But if, we're old, if, if people are older and walking with the Lord, young people seek their advice, seek their help, listen to them. Your world is not different than theirs was. Yours just has a different dress on. You are and always will be useful. David, in the, in the psalm that Sam wrote, So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me. Until I, now look, he wasn't giving up. Until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. Did God use David when he was old? Sure. You're still useful. And you have hope. Maybe you're very old and you're right on the cusp of, of physical death. Hallelujah. Yeah. God's Word says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Why? Because this is a reality. Look, death is a blessed servant for the ones in Christ. Look at Shorter Catechism 37. What benefits do believers receive from Christ at death? And this is any age. But you're older, you're closer to that day. Look to this, believe this. This is coming from Scripture. The souls of believers at their death are made perfect in holiness. Stop. At their death, they're made what? Perfect in holiness. They don't go to some other state to, to suffer for a while to pay for their sins. At their death, they're made perfect in holiness. In other words, sanctification is over for that spirit because it's glorified. So if you're a believer, when you die, you are made perfect in holiness. No more sin, misery to come. You, for the first time in your existence, thinking clearly and having true and great joy. Now watch this. The souls of believers at their death are made perfect in holiness and do immediately... Their souls immediately pass into glory. To be absent from the body is to be? Do you believe that? See, the fear of death is going to start falling off the more you embrace these things. Because for the child of God, death is a servant that ushers you into the presence of your Lord. Who died, I think He's going to condemn you. He died to pay the penalty for your sins. They immediately pass into glory and their bodies being still united to Christ rest in their graves until the resurrection. You still have something to look forward to. A resurrected body, a new heavens and a new earth. But boy, the, the soul of the believer at death set free. Fullness of joy, pure. Uninterrupted communion with the Lord. Listen, you have so much to look forward to and you're closer every day to that reality. And the older you are, the closer you are to that reality. Now, some of us might die younger. None of us know. Every one of our days were written down in his book before there was one. We've already talked about that. He, every day that he marked out for us, we're going to live. And, and some of the day, some of, for some of us, he's marked out a lot of days for 
And they all have purpose. And they all have meaning. And they all are useful to Him. You have so much to look forward to. This is closer every day when you're freed from all sin. When you're dwelling in complete acceptance and joy in Jesus' presence evermore. You have hope. You will look forward to the resurrection and the new body in the new heavens and the new earth. So, so, therefore, because that's true of you in Christ Jesus, now, every day here is a gift and profitable. Every day. Every day. And every day there will be more glorious and beautiful and joyful than you ever dared dream. And death is just a transition from here to there. It's a graduation. You recently had a graduation. Proud of the students that have graduated from anything. School, homeschool, whatever. That was a marker. That was a transition. It was a hurdle. You come over in that final graduation. Death. And it is a graduation for those who are in Christ. If you're not in Christ, it's not something to look forward to. You need to be in Jesus today. You need to turn and trust in Christ. The first thing Jesus said when he started preaching was repent. Look it up. Turn and trust in Jesus. But if you're a believer, it's a graduation into blessedness. So just quickly, young people, treasure and respect the older generation. Listen to their wisdom and experience. Treat them with honor and respect. They have a lot to offer. Young people, if, if you play sports, and, and you can transition this to whatever, I'm a guy, so obviously I'm going to say football. But if you want to learn how to play football, do you think you can learn more about football from a peewee football player or an NFL player? Well, that's a dumb question, right? NFL player. Why would you seek that person out? Because they have more experience. They're older. They've done it longer. The only difference between the peewee football player and the NFL player is... is Time. Yeah, there may be gifts, but the time and experience. Find those who have walked with the Lord and who are walking with the Lord and are older and go sit down with them and talk to them and listen to them. They can save you a lot of heartache in your life because you're not unique and your life is not unique and you will be faced with the same trans, uh, temptations and people who are older in the Lord can help you with that. One of, the, one of the tricks of the enemy is to separate by age. Kids only talk to kids and get advice for kids. Boy, that's a recipe for danger. I know you know everything. <laughs> I used to think the same thing. But no, we need everybody together walking with Jesus. And the youngest from benefit from the oldest and everything in between. Young people, don't write off the older folks. You will pay more stupid tax than you need to pay if you do. Older people, treasure your latter years. Yes, I said that. Treasure your latter years. Don't look back at your youth as the golden days. Be thankful for it, whatever. Glory years are coming. And you haven't seen them. But treasure your latter years. They are not less valuable to God's kingdom. 
God could have used Moses when he was 40, but he didn't. He took him out in the wilderness for a while and waited until he got old. Moses was 80 and Aaron was 83. Let my people go. Used him, right? Treasure your latter years. They're not less valuable to God. Do not slack off in gracious disciplines. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Stay in service. Stay connected. The best you can. Treasure every day that He gives you. Every one of them were marked out and they're a gift. Think about it. As much suffering that's in them when you get older, those days are gifts to you. They're useful to Him. And He will work in you and through you. Every breath He gives you on this planet. In Christ, don't fear death. Don't fear death. And don't fear or hate aging. I know I'm countercultural. Don't fear aging. Don't hate it. He's with you, for you. He's going to walk through that with you. As this decline happens, and it'll happen to all of us, He won't forsake you. He answered David's prayers, He answered yours. Doesn't mean He's going to deliver you so you never have to experience all that. He'll walk through it with you and use you in the process. Dwell in the gospel. I don't, rem- I don't know who said this, but I picked up this, this quote. But dwell in Christ, dwell in the gospel, and therefore, quote, smile at the grays. God says they're splendid. Laugh at the future as you remember who holds it. Live in reality defined by His Word. Older folks enjoy a particular blessing that I've already mentioned. The knowledge that they are much closer to home. You have traveled a long way. And you're tired. I get it. But you're close to home. Think about having gone on a vacation or a trip, and especially when you have young children, vacations are not, they're fun, but they're not necessarily restful. And on the way home, it's a long drive, and you, it's just wearing you out. You're almost dead, you feel like. But the closer you get to home, the better you start feeling, and the more excited you start feeling, and you're almost there. You're almost there. Listen, be honest with you, look at young people even. A blink of an eye, right? We're all almost there. Young is the time to take the Lord seriously. Middle age is the time. Old age, all it's the time to take the Lord seriously. So don't listen, no matter what phase you're in, don't begrudge your earthly days. I know, I know our temptation is to look at this frank description in Ecclesiastes and say, yeah, I'd rather not do that. I get that. But if He calls you through it, He'll go with you through it and He'll use it for His glory and make it all work together for your good. So don't begrudge your earthly days and look forward in joy to your glory days. They are to come. Not back in disappointment that they're over because the best is yet to come. You cannot live your best life now. That's coming. But you can live a God-glorifying life now. You can live in the midst of His grace. You can enjoy Him and walk through the trials of this life, and be useful to Him, to people all around you. Every one of us look forward with hope and joy to the glory days in the new heavens, new earth. There will be no sin. There will be no misery. There will be no injustice. There will be no death. There will be no aging in the new heavens and the new earth. 
Then, I kind of rewrote the song, the end of it anyway. Then it'll be this. Glory days that won't pass us by. Glory days that will be here in the blink of an eye. Glory days. Glory days. All in Christ Jesus. Love and trust in Him. To live is Christ. Let's pray. Lord, whether we're young or old, fill our hearts with love for You, with trust in You, with a devotion to You, with a stewardship of our days, so that every day You give us is a treasure to us. Help us not to fear the trials of this life, especially as we grow older but to know it's just part of living under the sun in a fallen world, but that you are with us. You are for us. You will use us, and you will take us all the way through. Help us to not lose our steam as we grow older, to not lose our passion, to not feel in any way like we've graduated from discipleship in Christ to pour into your word, to pour into prayer, to pour into community, to pour into worship, to pour into mission for Christ. Help the older to be productive and the younger to be productive and all of us for your kingdom. Help us to listen to one another and grow through one another. I look forward to the day when we are all able to look at one another in the in the context of the new heavens and the new earth. As we live with and enjoy and celebrate and live for our King without sin, without misery, and without struggle. But until then, help us to live to glorify you. And help us to live with joy because of your grace to us in Christ. We have a risen Savior who has died for our sins, been buried and raised from the grave, who is reigning to take us all the way home to see His gospel go to the ends of the earth. Give us great hope in the midst of a fallen world and use us as shining lights for You. Lord, save any that don't know You that are listening this morning. Encourage and challenge and strengthen and grow us in grace who do. We say it but help us to really live in it, that to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.